Hello and welcome. You're listening to Health Careers with Dr. Martin, a podcast show that pulls back the curtain on what a career in health and wellness is really like. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Martin. Welcome, everybody. Hope you had a great Christmas if you celebrate that and, and holidays and years about to hit 2021. Hopefully better than this year. <laughs> right, hon? Correct. Well, right. here's my guest, the one and only oh, gosh. Jessica Marn. It's a lot of pressure <laughs> right there with that kind of introduction. My gosh. Okay. Hi, everyone. How are you? My wife is going to close out this year. What a year it was. She is uh, going to talk about her profession. Hopefully, people are listening. We'll get something out of that. But anyway, Jess, I got to make sure I don't say my other cute names for you along the way. That'd be good. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it professional. You kind of keep it professional, people. So it, quickly, what is your bio in chronological order? You know, as if like you're in an elevator. I went to an all-girl Catholic high school. Then I went and I couldn't decide what I wanted to do. So I went to an associate college, New York City Tech. Uh, I was enrolled in the dental hygiene program. Then I took anthropology 101 and became very fascinated with anthropology. So I decided to leave in New York City Tech and the profession of hygiene and decided I was going to be an anthropologist. There, I was very intrigued by anthropology, but also My dad was like, listen, this is great and stuff, but you have to figure out what you really want to do career-wise. I was going to go, I was on a track to get a PhD in anthropology, but all of a sudden I got into dental school and I went to NYU dental school. Then from dental school, I thought I wanted to become an endodontist, which is a root canal specialist. Then I took a deep breath and decided that that was not for me. And I went into pediatrics. So here I am. Pediatric dentistry, correct? Yes, pediatric dentistry. And how long now have you been practicing as a pediatric dentist? Graduated in 2005. You do the math. Tell me what a pediatric dentist basically does. Pediatric dentist, we pretty much monitor the growth and development of teeth and also, you know, the structure of your oral cavity. We start that usually from six months all the way up to teenagers and make the proper referral along the way. At a young age, I mean, isn't that too young for someone to go see a dentist when they're six months old? What we do is we educate parents and also we try to implement a lot of good oral hygiene and habits since they're little. You know what I mean? Like I like I tell our kids, you know, habits are formed, whether it's good or bad habits when you're young. So at least I see these kids when they're young. And once they can understand, I can talk about what they should be eating, not eating and how they can better take care of their teeth so they can avoid getting cavity. Jess, what type of patients do you work with and how exactly do you help them? I see kids from, as you know, like we said, from six months all the way to teenagers to late teens. Not only do I clean their teeth, but, you know, we go into the importance of hygiene, but also let's say the kid is able to sit through x-rays. We take Mm -hmm. x-rays. Got it. We go and take a look making sure I do have a handful of parents that says, I don't think that we should be taking x-rays, you know, because the kids are too young. But I will be honest with you. A lot of times when the kids, when the parents give me a go ahead to take the x-ray, which is around six or seven years old, I find multiple cavity already. Because you can't see some of these cavities with our naked eye. So the only way you can see these things is by imaging. And, you know, it's kind of like anything else, risk versus a benefit. We don't take unnecessary x-rays, 
right? But the thing is you cannot do a full thorough exam without that tool that is needed. Tell me what your typical day is like. Well, my typical day, it depends because I'm in two different offices. One, I start from nine to five and the other, I start from 10 to six. Usually we try to see the younger kids early in the morning because they're fresher, just like myself. And then the older kids in the afternoon, only because we're gauging on the attention span or just making sure that, you know, we're not dealing with a very tired one-year-old at four o'clock or, you know, two o'clock or when they miss their nap. So we usually start out our morning with the younger child in the morning and then the older ones in the afternoon. Now, is a pediatric dentist only working in an office usually? Uh, No, pediatric dentist doesn't just work in the office. We can go to the hospital to do, you know, OR cases, which is general anesthesia in the operating room. I have colleagues who are directors, you know, they are, they have both private practice like myself, but they also are half time in the hospital teaching residents. So my colleagues, you know, some of them are hospital-based or they do 50-50 where they teach residents. And I have some colleagues that are pretty much doing research that just don't want to see patients anymore. And this is what they're doing, you know, just finding the, the newest materials or the latest and the greatest of stuff that is out there. So Jess, you mentioned before about hospital-based dentistry versus office-based dentistry. How is that different? Well, office-based dentistry, you really don't have students with you, right? Because that's your private practice versus the hospital where a lot of times you have a resident, which is a student that you're teaching. And, you know, you, you still see patients there, but you have a resident, a student that is observing you or you're teaching, you know, the, the whole time that you're, that you're in the hospital. I used to do that before in my earlier part of the career. And I decided now that I was just going to be in private practice the entire time now. So what are you doing? Are the patients different in a hospital? Are you doing different procedures in a hospital versus private practice? Besides having a resident, how is that much different? Well, the procedures are not really any different. It's nothing really different, you know, how we would treat the patients. It's just the environment is a little bit more different. How so? We would send more compromised patients to the hospital. So if a patient comes in and let's say they had like immunocompromised or they had a heart issue, a liver issue, a kidney issue, or asthma, and I feel that I'm not able to take care of them in an office setting, I would usually refer them to a hospital because I know that there's multidisciplinary specialists that is in the hospital that they can kind of work together As it's not that we couldn't do it in private practice, but it's not as tangible. You know what I mean? In the hospital, everybody's there in the same house. So you just have to make a phone call to, let's say you need a clearance for something and, you know, you wanted to update them. You wanted to ask them about their patient. Let's say, you know, for example, let's say a a kid came in and had a heart issue or a lung issue. I could just call up, you know, whether the cardiologist or the pulmonologist, because we're in the same system versus where... I am in private practice, it might be a little bit more difficult. So you're saying that you can get definitely much more challenging patients and cases That's in right. a hospital setting. Yes. Got because it. a lot of the private practitioner refer to the hospital. You know, just earlier, you talked about misconceptions about your career and you highlighted that there's a lot of general dentists that perceive pediatric dentistry as something that almost anybody can do. What do you mean by that? 
the misconception is that these are baby teeth. They're going to eventually fall out. Ah. I can't stand when people tell me that because what they're not putting into their mind is the fact that the kid is going to be in pain. I don't care if the kid is going to, the teeth are going to fall out, you know, quote unquote, because these are just baby milk teeth, they call it. It's the fact that the kid is in pain. What do you mean in pain? From from what? From cavity. Okay. I have a lot of people that says, oh, we went to see a dentist. And I'm like, okay, what kind of dentist? Because normally in my profession or pediatric dentist, we will not say, let the cavity sit there and let it fall out. Majority of the time, what we would do is we would assess the problem and treat it. Because we know that, first of all, the child is in pain. Secondly, the teeth are not just going to fall out because just the way, you know, teeth comes out at a certain age, they fall out at a certain age. So let's say you have a child who is four years old and one of their molars that's going to fall out between the age of, let's say, eight to 12. I'm just giving a huge range. That's four years of that tooth getting bombed out, but also the kids suffering from pain. I see. So uh, it's important that their pain has to be considered. But also, you know, I've been around you just also when you take out the teeth prematurely or extracted, it can also mess up the the growth of the subsequent teeth coming in too, right? Yep. So the baby teeth are used as a guide for the adult teeth to come in. So we took out the baby tooth, let's say prematurely, what happens? And let's say we didn't put anything like a holder, like a spacer on it. What happens is the adult teeth do not have, you know, everything has like a, we call it quote unquote, like a signal. So when the baby teeth is taken out prematurely, the adult tooth does not know when to come out because you kind of screw up the, uh, the eruption, yeah, yeah. you know, when these teeth are supposed to come out. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So it sounds like really you have a, how you take care of the teeth and preserve them have a real impact on their development of their face for the future. Yeah. But it's also just like hygiene in general. You know, I do have a lot of kids that don't like to brush and, you know, the parents are like, it's not that important, but I see tons of plaque, but also gingivitis. You know, these are like inflammations of the gums and there's tons and tons of studies that are out there now and more are developing about gingivitis and how it causes a lot of other systemic issues. So if I can get them in early and start teaching them, educating my patients about good oral hygiene and habits, I feel that I am helping them, you know what I mean, to better take care of not only their teeth, their mouth, but also self-care, the whole body. You mentioned this before, but again, what is the most rewarding part of your job? There's a lot of rewarding parts of my job. I remember uh, when we first opened back up, after the pandemic, I mean, we're still in a pandemic, but when we were able to go back to work after the lockdown, you know, I'm, I'm all geared up with my uh, PPEs and I see my little patients, you know, they don't know anything about no hugging. You see all of them coming at me, trying to hug me. I'm like, no, please, no, we're supposed to be doing the social distancing thing, you know, but it was so great to see how my patients miss me. The little and ones, kids, huh? Yeah, and they, they don't lie. They don't lie. They don't sit there and try to be someone or something that they're not. But that's just genuine, like, love. Mm-hmm. You know, and that those kind of feelings are amazing. Or when I get a drawing or when I get an email from a mom that tells me, after we saw you, our kids decided not to suck their thumbs anymore. Or the pacifier is gone or became a better brusher, you know. And I can't believe, like, I 
was able to just by teaching them or telling them something at such a young age, and these are like three-year-olds we're talking about, that I could make such a significant difference in their mm-hmm. habit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, I want to be, yeah, and I kind of want to be, or not kind of want to be, I want to be that person, that person, when they become parents, they say, you know what? I love my pediatric dentist because she was so wonderful. Mm. That That, I think, is the ultimate flattery. In mm. anybody's profession, you know what I mean. When you can make that kind of a lifelong change in somebody, or make such a impression on someone, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, very early on too. You yeah. know, I can see how that would be very rewarding. How many patients do you actually see a day usually? Well, we could be anywhere from ten to fifteen patients. Sometimes, you know, you have to remember we do have emergencies that we have to consider in. But in general, how many patients do you think you see a day on average? Uh, anywhere from ten to fifteen patients. Do you recommend this career to other students? And if so, what type of students best succeed? Well, you know, you're talking to a person that loves her job, love what I do. I don't just consider it like a job. I, I consider it as a career. I wouldn't go and recommend this career to someone who was who doesn't love kids, first of all. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, you should never do something for the money. Because, you know, if you, if that's, if that's your goal, you're going to be very disappointed at, you know, how much time and effort you have to put in and the rate of return, you know, you sh- for kids who are looking for something, I would definitely recommend those that love art because we work with our hands all the time. You know, a lot of time I kid around and I said, I, I consider myself an artist because I do do a handful of cases or before I did more on a lot of the full mouth we have where kids will come in, you know, it's kind of like a house that's broken down and you get to rebuild this beautiful smile for these kids. So rewarding, you know, where, you know, I have these parents that tell that, you know, that says they would not smile or open their mouth because their teeth are, they have cavities all over. And I love those kind of cases because I see it as a challenge, but also as such a reward for me to give something to this child. So, you know, if you like to work with your hands, that's this is definitely a profession for you. Love kids, definitely a profession for you. If you like to, if you're social, definitely. I mean, I, I think I'm, I think half of the time I'm, I'm doing a lot of talking, getting to know parents and patients, you know. What do you think the future outlook is like for your profession? Pediatric dentistry is still going strong. You know, as long as there's candy, chocolate gummy bears, you know, we're good. (laughs) But now I think we're more focusing on our profession, which is great. It's on prevention. Before prevention, you know, from from the 15 years that I've been doing this, or I graduated from dental school in 2001, what I've seen in the past decade plus is we're moving more towards prevention, which is great. You know, and that's through education, that's through awareness, that's through parents knowing the importance of oral hygiene and what it does you know, and also about nutrition. So I think for us as a profession, there's going to be more towards prevention because now we have teledentistry also. And a lot of it is, you know, over the, over the, not only the phone, but also just through, you know, videos to assess the problem. We didn't have that when I first came out of dental school. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, this became very popular during the pandemic, you know, teledentistry. Jess, I mean, I know you, but how would you describe yourself as a student when you were in high school and college? I always took the scenic route during 
school because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Okay. So that's why I always say I'm not one to judge anybody because really I had five different career that I wanted to do prior to getting into dental school. You know, as a student, I was all over the place. Yes. Because I didn't know what I wanted to do. But then once I became focused, I knew that I had to do the best that I could because I was now considering going to a dental school. So I, you know, I buckled down from like B's to basically A's because I knew that I had to study. And I'll be honest with you, in dental school, the first year I did not do well. Mm. I, I really thought I was going to flunk out because I was an anthropology major. I, I have a degree in anthropology going into a very heavy based science program. You know, I mean, social science is social science, it's anthropology, you know what I mean? But I had to really, really kick butt and really sit down and study because I became focused on what I really wanted to do. And plus, I took out loans and I knew I had to find a way to pay all this money back. So I knew I had to graduate from dental school. Well, you were considering anthropology as a career? Yes, I was going to go to Africa and do dig sites. Because I was going to become a paleontologist. That's what I wanted to do. Okay. But before that, I was going to be a dental hygienist. Okay. And I also thought about paralegal. Okay. And I also thought about being maybe a pharmacist. All right. And even maybe a lawyer. (laughs) So what made you change your direction in mind? What happened? Well, you know, I had a couple of cousins that was in dental, uh, that was dentist already. But also I had an anthropology professor who is a paleontologist. Very, very famous paleontologist. He was one of three that could go and do dig sites. So I was doing externships for him. And he said, you know, he asked me what I was doing. And I said, listen, I'm supposed to be taking this thing called the DAT for the dental schools. And he said, really? And he says, oh, we always find teeth of any of the artifacts that we find in Africa. We always find teeth. And he says, maybe you should go to dental school. And then when you come back or when you finish dental school, you can come back and we could, you know, maybe collaborate and do something together, you know, anthropology slash dentistry base. And you know what ended up happening to him? He ended up being in NYU, getting grants for NYU, and he's doing very well now, Dr. Bromwich. But Jess, what was the decision-making process of why you chose dentistry over the, uh, those other options? I think there was something in me that I wanted to be called a doctor, even though, you know, being an anthropologist, because the PhD route, right? I was going to, I said that I was thinking of becoming uh, an anthropology, maybe teaching, getting a PhD, mm-hmm. but also there was something intriguing about dentistry because it was an art form, form to it where we get to work with our hands and we get to, it's not like you're just sitting on your desk the whole day. You actually get to go and do stuff, right? And I like to work with my hands. I believe that dentistry is very much art-based. So I think that was one of the reasons why, but also it's just the fact that I I saw my cousins and how they were practicing. Mm-hmm. And I the said, ones that I, are dentists. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? I And I went and I actually shadowed them. That's important okay. for All any right. students that are out there. Don't just blindly go in to what you think you want to do, go and see if you can shadow and take a look at what it is on the daily day-to-day grind. Just not listening to me talk, but rather go and take a look. You know, it's like, uh, I'm going to tell you, this is just on a side note. It's like our kids. 
they came into my office, right? They, they took a look at what I did. They, you know, they, they came in on a Saturday when I used to work on Saturdays and they, you know, they come in or when they had school off and they realized, and they told me, they said, mom, this is for you. It's not for me. Both kids told me that, yeah. you know what I mean? But that's important. I can tell them and, you know, oh, and they can look at my life and say like, this is so grand. But until you see it yourself and yeah. get to know what it is, that's when you know. And this is why I, we don't push them because they, they already saw what I did. Mm-hmm. It's not like just one time. They mm-hmm. used to come in religiously. And now as they get older, they're teenagers now. Mm-hmm. And they said, this is not what I want to do. This is, well, Sophia this is used to come and help out actually a little bit here and there and yeah, and then say Sam hi to your patients go, and yeah. everything. Yeah. And Sam, you know, she used to, she was like my right hand assistant right there. You know, me and her, we would go in. I would bribe her with so many different types of food oh, or whatever little that. treats and stuff. You know, because she would love to get little trinkets. You know, when we were working, yeah, after, the little you know, toys. Like a, yeah, and she also would love to you know give out all the you know the gifts to the kids and stuff, the prizes. But she just realized that it just wasn't something that she wanted to do. And it was the same for our son. He came with me a couple of times and he says, I love the kids when they're not crying. Wow. When the kids are crying, I can't handle it. At least, you know, at least they both saw and realized that the career, this career that I have chosen for myself is not for them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's why I would really like to tell all the students that are out there. You know, if you get a chance, you know, like these podcasts that you're listening to, you know, there's so many doctors or nurses or, you know, techs that are on your show that are available via, you know, email, even if they wanted to do Zoom or talk to them. At least you have that. When we were growing up, we didn't have that. We kind of had to figure that out for ourselves. You know what I mean? At least now we know our kids are not, they don't want to be dentists. You know, during the pandemic, obviously, we were shut down and holed up together. But you did something that not every pediatric dentist or even any dentist, not any, many dentists are doing this. They did something. What What did you do hun, that can help, you know, educate the kids like you were talking about early on in the episode? Well, I decided to write a book. What is the name of the book and who is it for? The name of the book is Charlotte Wants to Be a Pediatric Dentist. It's not just on Amazon. Come on now. We're, oh. we're heading a big oh, time sorry. when you say, when I say Target, Barnes and Nobles. Yes. And the Learning Elephant, a new website that and company that you started. It's also yeah. sold on that too. The age is really for, you know, zero to three. Well, I got to tell you also, it's um, adults have read it and they've learned it as well, you know, learned from that as well. So even though it's designed to be interactive with very young children, I would say even zero to eight, that adults have learned um, that I've talked to that have read it have also learned about teeth as well. But why did you write the book, Jess? I feel like even um, on my day-to-day job, I feel like I am a teacher. I want to educate kids and make their visits to the dentist less fearful. That was what I was thinking. And you think the book that you wrote really kind of has done that? I do have patients that have emailed me and parents that have emailed me and said, this is such a really cute book where you know, my personality kind of shines through in that book because, oh, great. yeah, this is what, <laughs> I don't know if that's a insult or what, because it's from zero to three. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, not, if you're looking for something that is like more thought provoking, this is not it. <laughs> but you can learn from it. Yeah. It's, you can it's learn not, from it. you know, yeah. different books have different goals and your book yeah. is to help educate. Mm-hmm. Where can people get this book and check it out? 
they can find this book, you know, just like anything else. Of course, definitely can get it from Amazon. Target is one of the other places, Barnes and Nobles. I uh, just type in, it's very, very cute. That's how you know you've made it when you type in Charlotte wants to be a pediatric dentist and there's like a little Wikipedia about you. I was like, oh, oh, oh. my God, okay. Right. Wow, but, I didn't yeah, know that. So that's, yeah, Jeez. that's really funny. That's how, right. you, you know, whether it's true or not, it doesn't matter. It's just like, it's not <laughs> important. <laughs> Honey, let's move on to my last section here. The rapid fire questions, okay? All right, give it to me. All right, you ready? Yep. All right. If you could sing one song on American Idol, what would it be? Lovely Day by what, Bill Weathers. What cheers you up? Besides seeing me oh, every day in the morning at night. <laughs> That's a good one. There's a lot of things that cheers me up, actually. Okay, give me one. Uh, I would say my daily meditation. All right. That cheers me up morning and night. Most important in a partner, intelligent or funny? And I know it's hard because I'm both, but what is the preference? I would say funny. Ah. There's, there's only so much intelligence that, you know what I mean, without funny. No, you just can't. <laughs> if you could ask your pet two questions, what would they be? Who do you love more, dad, mom? Uh-huh. Okay, dad that, or mom? Uh-huh. Okay, but you could ask another question. Sam or Sophia? <laughs> oh goodness how many days do you wear the same pants in a row before it becomes a problem oh no that's never an issue it's like one day next day it goes into the wash sorry i better hide my pants from you <laughs> if you could choose your own nickname what would it be sassy <laughs> oh good lord if you could get a yacht what would you call it oh that's a good one if i could get a yacht what would i call it hmm the learning elephant that's what i would call it there's a spider in your house. I already know the answer to this. Do you kill it or set it free? I set it free. And finally, if you were stranded on a tropical island, what two things would you want with you? I would like a couple of really, really good books okay. and sunscreen. Okay, just All to make right. sure I don't All get right. burned. Practical, half, half what? Halfway practical. <laughs> well, listen, thanks, my dearest, bestest, friendest, wifest of, uh, of all time and uh, beautiful as ever, as ever well, as far as I know I don't know if you have something else going on no I don't <laughs> thanks for joining me on this uh, session honey and um, this ends the 2020 and looking for an awesome 2021 and a fresh start thanks for joining no problem thank you so much for having me alright everybody that's our show today thanks for tuning in to learn more about today's guests or other past guests, just check out my website, healthcareerswithdrmar.com or hcwithdrmar.com. Of course, if you like what you heard on this podcast, then please go to my website, add your name and email to my email list. That way you can get the latest announcements and news as they arise. You can also find me on Instagram at drrichardmarn. That's Dr. Richard Marn. Thank you so much for listening and catch you on the next episode.